Hi guys, welcome back to another episode. Uh, this week we have one of my best friends of over 10 years on the podcast. I have Jordan Wyant here to teach us all things makeup. Jordan has worked at Red Door Spa in New York City and she's created looks for New York Fashion Week, which I thought was so cool. She's also created special effects looks for independent films and is currently a professional makeup artist in the bridal industry. Jordan's current passion is being a professional lash artist. I've been lucky enough to be a model for her not once but twice and and she is amazing. Um, I feel so beautiful after she does my, my, my lashes. It's great. This episode, we talk how and why she got involved in the makeup industry, and she teaches me brands and different types of trends that are up and coming. I also want to say that I have launched a YouTube channel, so I'm very excited about that. The YouTube channel is Teach Me Something Podcast. So you can find it on YouTube. I say all of that because Jordan and I did a part two to this episode where you can actually go on YouTube and watch us do our makeup. We each go through our makeup bags and we talk about what we have and she shows me her look. I do the same look I always do, but it was great to kind of see the different products that she uses and how she does her makeup. Um, And so it's just a fun little video that we put together and um, I hope you enjoy. So again, like, subscribe, rate, review, do all of the things. Um, again, you can find the YouTube channel at Teach Me Something Podcast, and then you can find me on Instagram at Teach Me Something Podcast. And Jordan is Jordy Lash underscore Hudson. So I'll put all of that in the show notes page. But um, I hope you enjoy. And without further ado, here is Ms. Jordan Wyatt. Thank you. Jordan, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I appreciate it. It's always such a great time to talk to you. Um, yeah. Um, so let's just start off the bat. What got you interested in makeup? Theater, honestly. Um, as as you know, I was a theater kid all through high school and I was into musical theater even before that and just, you know, really dramatic. So the makeup side of the theatrical arts really drew me in. And I would just... I would just be painting my face at the end of the night, like after school. And my mom was like, okay, if you're going to get into this, we're going to take you to Mac and you're going to get a lesson because if you want to wear makeup, you're going to wear it right. And uh, ever since then, I just kind of got the basics and I kept just doing it and practicing and um, eventually it became professional. Mm -hmm. So what, when you first started, was there a specific like look or surf? a specific technique or something that you were like, I want to understand how to do X, Y, or Z. Like what made you, or what made your mom also be like, let's go to Mac and not like, let's go to Rite Aid. <laughs> Cause that's where I went. <laughs> it wasn't like a specific look at first. Like when I would just be in the house doing makeup, first of all, I'd be using her makeup. So she was like, let's, uh, <laughs> let's redo that. Let's get you your own stuff. Okay. Um, but I would just go around the house and I would redo looks based on paintings that were in my house. Interesting. So that's okay. really what inspired it. Like I remember my, my sister's husband, now her husband at the time, I think it was her boyfriend. He had done this like heart painting in college. He went to, um, Micah, I think, and uh, it was just, he had all these colors. It was so abstract. And I just like redid it on my face. And I thought I was like, the, <laughs> the best thing. That's yeah. funny. So where, like what, as you have gone through and tried different brands, different things, what is 
something that you feel like is tried and true. This is the brand, or even if it's not like a brand in totality, like this is what you need, like, this is the best for your lips, or this is the best for your eyes. Like what's your, what do you think? That's a tough one. Cause I, I think, I don't know if this is it for everyone. I feel like everyone has their one product. Um, I flip flop around a lot with products, but I guess the one I do keep going back to is Glossier stretch concealer. For me, it's just really light. It's dewy. You can pop it anywhere. You can even use it to like brighten up your face. Um, and as far as like a brand goes, every time I try something from this brand, I always find something that sticks and that's NARS. They're really? pricier, but like, what is NARS? Is that like, like, you never heard of NARS? No. <laughs> I don't mean to like go, yeah, I've never heard of NARS and then laugh. <laughs> that's that's not the part I was trying to <laughs> Sorry. Um, <laughs> NARS is a company, they've been around for a while. I don't know when they started, but they have, they're like a higher end, okay. like, their tinted moisturizer, for example, is like 40 some dollars. Okay. Like, I think a lot of other brands have priced down or they're usually in like the $30 range for something mm-hmm. like that. Even if they're on like the prestige side of like, say Ulta or okay. something like that, but they, they always like their blushes, they always do it really well. It's just, sometimes it's hard to justify the price point, mm-hmm. but their brand is always going to be good. Okay. So I guess I should have gone back before we, I was just really like jumping right in. Let's go back and talk about your journey through the makeup world. So you said that you started in, um, what got you interested was theater and kind of doing that. And then mom was like, let's get you out of my makeup into your own stuff and all of that kind of stuff. And then talk to me about, cause I, obviously I know that we're friends. So I know that you went to New York and you did New York fashion week and you did a bunch of stuff, but like, talk to me about like where you worked when you were living in New York and like just your journey through the makeup world, where you are now, how you got there. Just give us like a spark notes version of, of your life with the makeup. Um, well, before I, I went to New York, my first ever makeup job where I felt like, Oh, I've, I've done it was back at a white marsh mall local to us they used to have in the macy's a chanel counter i don't Uh don't think they have it anymore because it was like too high end for the area but i i started working at chanel Uh and it was like kind of validating and like okay well i could do this like i could make it a career but i could also sell product as well so by the time i moved to new york i at least had that like sales background but also the fact that i had like chanel on the resume people were like oh a luxury brand. So <laughs> I, <laughs> I, when I went there, I was able to get hired on at Red Door Spas, which is um, Elizabeth's, uh, Elizabeth Arden's um, spa. Like that was her initially, she had this huge Fifth Avenue building where she lived at the top. Her apartment was at the top and the whole thing was a spa. Every floor you had different services. And when I was hired on, I, we were in the original building. So I was able to work there in this like piece of makeup history. Um, and also while I worked for them, then they sold it and we moved into another building further down Fifth Avenue. But through them was how I got opportunities like um, promote. I worked on promotional ads with Elizabeth Arden. So kind of like helping the like 
lead artistic director create the looks or he created them and then I would, you know, execute them and assist him on the day. And that's how I got into um, New York Fashion Week. So it's a lot easier if you work for a brand. They'll usually, the designers will go, okay, well, I want to work with this brand. We're working with Elizabeth Arden or we're working with um, Chanel for our runway show. And then they pick the brand and then you all kind of go as a team. And um, yeah, it, it kept going from there. And then I was eventually um, able to design my own look for New York Fashion Week with the brand, uh, Brandon Sun. And that was the coolest thing. And I wouldn't have been able to do that without Red Door. Um, and then before I kind of left New York, I had ventured into like independent film. I had been doing a couple of films throughout the city, a couple of, one was like a, like a web series. The other was a, an independent film. Um, so it was interesting. It was interesting the kinds of doors that were able to open, but definitely as a makeup artist in the city, the widest door with the most opportunities was fashion and was editorial. And especially Fashion Week was a great stepping stone into that arena. So for Fashion Week, when they were like, okay, we're going to use Elizabeth or Arden for this look or for this designer, did you have a specific, like, I know you said that you designed your own makeup look for some, who was it? Someone's son? Brandon's son. Brandon's son. So, but when you went in at, under Elizabeth Arden, did they give you like, this is what the look is going to look like? Or did you guys do your own thing? Or did you, did it depend on the, the outfit that that model was going to wear? How did the makeup piece fall into the design? Um, and well, so when I designed my own, I was still under the red door umbrella. Okay. It was like, I was the lead artist. So I got to work with the, but yeah, if you're part of the team, you're all doing the same exact look. It doesn't matter. Skin tone, anything you're doing the same colors exactly the same on everybody and it's it's not very personal you don't get to take very long a lot of times you have uh two people working on one person just Mm -hmm. to get them done and out onto the you know get them ready and in their hair and in their clothes um i've even had like more than two people working on a face just to get it done and um yeah, it's all very, very, very uniform. It's very much like a machine. And then when I designed my own, I got to go in and have like a meeting with Brandon's son, the designer. So he told me what he was looking for. And it's very much their vision you're trying to translate onto the face. So then once you come up with the exact design, you have to make sure you're taking notes and do like a face plot. And then you essentially like hand it out to the rest of the artists that are going. And any questions throughout the day on you know, during fashion week, we're out of this color, what should I substitute? Or, you know, this person's running late, it all comes to you and you kind of have to troubleshoot and figure it out. But yeah, that's, it was very high octane. Yeah. And, and how many fashion weeks did you do? Did you only, not only only, but I guess two, or was it both the same week? You just had a different, you were the lead for a different runway. I think I ended up doing three seasons total. Okay. So it gets broken up into fall season, spring season, and then fall season again. And I think okay. that was the cycle I ended up doing. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. So then can you, so give me, give me like a story from 
New York Fashion Week. Like I got to hear like something about, you know, just anything. Just give me something from New York Fashion Week. So <laughs> uh, this was my first show ever. I didn't know what to expect. I was already feeling like excited to be there, but out of my element entirely. And I'm just trying to mind my business and do the best that I can. And uh, Elsie had her oh, own Lauren, show at the time. Lauren Conrad had the hills. Yes. Okay. Wow. So I recognized this woman from the hills. And I was like, I cannot for the life of me place her, but I know she's important because she's walking around like she's running this entire show. I'm like, oh, Jesus, don't look at her. Don't say anything. Just keep your head down. And as soon as I have that thought, I see her lay in to this. He looked so young, like he couldn't have been more than like 1920, really like just like petite guy. And she laid into him like, if you want to be here, you got to you got to act right. Do all that. Like, I can't remember the exact speech Uh she gave him, but I was like, this is the most terrified I think I've ever been on the job. Like, were you like, don't make eye contact like the entire time? Were you just like painting a face and you're like, don't look, don't look. Oh, a hundred percent. I was like, cause that's not going to be me. (laughs) Not on my first go around. And then not three minutes pass by. She comes up to me to me directly. And she goes, how much longer for this look? And I go five minutes. Cause to me, I'm like, that's, that's quick. And I still had to do foundation and shit. And, um, she goes, make it three and walked away. I was like, okay. Yeah, (laughs) for sure. Whatever you say. Oh my God. I also had, if I can say another one, cause this one was also sweet, but who, who was the person? It was Kelly Katrain. Kelly Catrone. Kelly Catrone. Kelly Catrone. Oh my God. Oh. And you could mess up her name because <laughs> I couldn't remember who she was. I had to like look her up because I knew she was from the, the hills. hills. And it was Kelly, Kelly Catrone. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Never get it. Good thing she's not here. She was right to yell at me. <laughs> The thing, the, the oh thing God. is, I love, I love Kelly Catrone. Like I love, I, I see no, I don't. Yes, she can berate her employees and stuff like that, but she gets stuff done, and she's like a boss. It's like I, I have always admired. I've always, I've always like really admired her. Like it's weird, but she, her whole, her whole like mentality was like cry outside. Like that was what she would tell her employees yep. was they were like, she was like, I'm we have a job to do. If you're going to cry, then go outside. You're wasting my time. And then come back in when you're ready to work. And I was just sitting, like, I would sit there and watch the Hills and be like, that's such a great philosophy. <laughs> like, like That's kind of abusive, but like, that's such a great philosophy. <laughs> like, she did not disappoint. Oh if my God. you love her, I mean, she was exactly who she portrayed herself to oh be. My God. I think she also, life. I think she had a show, I think. I think she had a show like on Bravo or like something. Oh, it was, it was called like life of Kel or something. Cause it was, that's, it was like something like that. I thought. I thought I had seen a spinoff of the Hills. Oh, and I was like, she's on, she's on some sort of reality TV show and I can't pinpoint her right now. Yeah. It's oh. something I'm, I'm, I'd, that's still, that's not the right. It's instead of saying hell, it's Kel. I think it's like Kel on earth or something like that. Like, but it was something like that. 
and I think it was Bravo, I think, but yeah, no, it only lasted a season. Cause I think it, she, she has a specific taste, I guess, that you need to appreciate whatever. Okay. So you, you said there was a second, a second story. Um, yes. So, uh, we had at the salon cause it was red door spots. So we, we had like a hair salon. So our like lead celebrity hairstylist was the one who designed all the looks for fashion week. And um, I don't know if I should say, I won't say his name because I don't know what he's up to now, but um, he almost looks at himself as like a celebrity when he goes to these things. And he was, he was fabulous. I mean, he, he earned the title and uh, he was doing this model's hair and she didn't like it. She didn't like the look. She didn't like anything about it. And he was like, excuse me, but you are a prop. You, you don't get to have a say. If you want to finish this and go on stage, you're going to sit back in my chair and you're going to shut up and we're, and we're going to do this. You are furniture in a French <laughs> accent. This is all in a French accent. And I was like, Jesus Christ. Oh my God. You were you, all my first time too. This is all week, the season one. This is like first season. Yes. Yes. Oh my gosh. I can't imagine. I can't imagine. And like, so like, what is it like backstage in the tents? Like, is it just chaos or are you in your own spot and you just see people flying by you? Like, what is it? What is it like? You do get your own section. Okay. Um, each designer and each like uh, team usually have their own area, but you do switch out depending on what show's happening where. Okay. So once it's time to switch over to the next show, you better get your shit out of there and go because okay. a new team has to come in um but it is great because you're basically standing there uh you you work 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 and then it's like the dust clears and where did everybody go but the interesting thing is that a lot of these models were on their like fifth show of the day so they would have to remove other makeup sometimes so you're like already getting like kelly catroned out of like make it three minutes but she comes in with a full face from somebody else and you're like okay girl we gotta go Mm -hmm. that's why like two to three people a face sometimes had to happen just to get them out there so when you were designing your own look I'm sure you had to take all that into consideration as far as like how quick you had to turn over with models or whatever as far as like you couldn't do like a super complex thing because one it couldn't look good on everyone it couldn't be personalized yeah. to one specific look or one pers- specific person. Cause it might not look universal on everyone else, but two, like your look can't be super intricate or not that everyone doesn't have talent, but something that takes a specific amount of like skill or talent to do because not everyone has that skill. So like, what was that like to have to create a look with all of those variables in your mind? Honestly, I didn't have them because it's whatever the designer wants. Mm, okay. Because sometimes at Fashion Week, you'll see like a like really bold black, like glossy liner with gems. Mm. It's it's whatever they want to portray when they're uh, when their clothes are being seen. Okay. So it's kind of like you can keep that in the back of your mind, but it's not going to care if they have a vision. Okay. Really, what I was concerned about was listening to him and his color palette and looking at his like collection and trying to give him something that he was happy with, which thank God he, he was happy uh, when we finished, but 
it was it was very scary because you're you're facing another artist and you're like oh god I want to make your vision come yeah. true and like god forbid I I fall short there because I know what that feels like as an artist to have a vision and it kind of like not meet up mm-hmm. okay but it was cool yeah so moving on from from New York Fashion Week um I know two other areas of makeup that you're interested in as the bridal industry, as well as like special effects. So what, let's talk about the special effects, like first, um, talk to me about kind of the things that you've done with special effects or your favorite look or something that maybe made you gravitate to special effects, whatever, whichever way you want to go in this, whatever way you want to answer that. Um, yeah, honestly, I like special effects and I, I just never get to do enough of it. Mm -hmm. Like I never have too much of an opportunity to do it. And I can't ever do like full, like prosthetics. Like I don't, I don't, um, I don't mold make or Mm. like sculpt anything, Mm. which would be very cool. I would have, uh, I would love to learn it, but, um, I can do like basic, like scarring, bruising, anything that can read practical on a film. Mm-hmm. I enjoy creating that and making it as real as possible. Yeah. Um, but probably the favorite thing I've done special effects wise was, uh, for Pakatum that we, we kind of all got to work on mm-hmm. as a team and create the lizard boy. Mm. We had like one, uh, sideshow care. It's a carnival, a movie about, uh, a carnival and, uh, he was like bald. We had to make him, we wanted to make him look human still, but like um, maybe he had a, a skin condition or something that could have made him look lizard like. Okay. So I tried to give him like amphibian like features. And it was interesting to try and troubleshoot and like create that look. Um, yeah. That's what I like about special effects. What, um, what's something with special effects that's either more challenging or tricky or something that's just hard to, um, to manipulate or something that's a challenge for you? That, well, because I don't work with like mm-hmm. uh, really sophisticated prosthetics or anything like that. Mm-hmm. I'm using like sculpting putty and stuff like that. So it's just a really difficult medium to work with and make smooth and make mm-hmm. like um, flat to the skin. So it looks realistic. Okay. That's, that's definitely the difficult part is just the products you have to work with. Now, what is, what are some of the things that as like, if you did, special effects that you do use a lot of like I know spirit gum is something like that like what what is what is that like I know it's a gummy thing like what is it (laughs) (laughs) it'll adhere any of your prosthetics to the the skin so it like creates that tacky layer you can just kind of glue anything down okay Um, yeah I go through a lot of that I go through a lot of blood um what is the blood I guess depending like what what is the blood like what is it actually is it like what is it no, like the ones that I can buy, I don't know what's in the actual like commercial bottles of like Ben Nye stage blood, okay. but you can make your own fake blood with like cornstarch okay, water, I think, and like food coloring. Gotcha. Okay. I think they did that for Chainsaw Sally. That's what I remember like having to bite a capsule when I did Chainsaw oh. Sally. I remember having to bite a capsule and just something like that. It was, it wouldn't recommend it. Um, yeah, no. Um, and then there was another question I wanted to ask you too about special effects, but I can't, I can't remember. Um, so if we, if I remember, I'll, I'll, I'll ask it obviously, but if we, um, go to bridal, so talk to me about the bridal industry, like 
what got you interested in it? How'd you start there? Like, talk to me about how you got involved. Um, it, really, I got into bridal once I moved back here to Maryland from New York. Um, I really had never even thought of it as an industry for makeup before then. I, I don't know why, um, but it's huge. It became mm -hmm. just like a booming market, like people, just the amount that they end up spending on their weddings now a days. So it opened up this huge market for makeup. And uh, I've, I've honestly been working with the same company for as long as I've been back um, from New York and that's Bridal Beauty Associates. And the owner, Crystal, she kind of like brought me into the fold of just like bridal work. And it's always just fun. It's, mm -hmm. it's always great to be there on the wedding day, making them look as beautiful as they can. Like what's better than that, mm -hmm. you know? And in theory, it's never like a bad time. Like I'm sure like, I mean, I used to do event planning with weddings and stuff like that. So there were a couple of times where you'd walk into like the bridal suite and you'd be like, oh, there's something something's happening, whether like the bride's not happy because something's not being set up at the venue or something, but nine times out of 10, like, or maybe there's like a shady, like bridesmaid who is just like, I don't know, like hung over from the, you know, the night before and just is not being a team player, but like nine times out of 10, it's a good time. Like it's chill. Everyone's excited. Everyone's having a good time. There's music playing and stuff. So, you know, I'm sure it's, it's also just relaxing and fun at the same time as being able to create, you know, what the bride wants. Oh, I love it. And it's, you get that little bit, not every time do they do a trial, but like 90% of the time you've already met the bride. Mm -hmm. So you're already like, I'm so excited to see you in a month. Can't wait to do that. <laughs> yeah. So it's like when you walk in, she's like, yes, Jordan's here. Ready to get ready for the way. So it's always very exciting. You're like, uh -huh. oh. You're like, I'm the MVP. Like, <laughs> yeah. Don't worry, dolls. Right. <laughs> right. Right. So, okay. So talk to me about, um, it's been, uh, four years since I've been in the, in the bridal wedding industry. So like, what are the trends right now in bridal? Like what is happening with brides, with bridesmaids? Give me the 411. I'm noticing now and I think this, this is definitely makeup in general. People mm. are really paring down uh, their makeup look. Like mm. they really want that like fresh. They want to have dewy skin. Uh, they don't really want to be mattified. A lot of them are skipping like the powder and the baking. Not that I really did baking. Mm -hmm. uh, what is baking? It, it's essentially where you uh, powder, like heavily powder, over top of like a liquid foundation or like your liquid uh, products to set it, but okay. you kind of like leave it on the face, which it's a great technique for really heavy looks or for like theatrical or like commercial looks to really set the product and make it matte. Mm. But when you have that kind of like personal aspect, like bridal, everyone kind of wants a little more like dewiness to the skin, mm -hmm. a little, little, I don't want to say shine, but mm -hmm. glow. Mm -hmm. They um, don't want to look, they don't want to look dry. Yeah. Yeah. Look, yeah. Okay. They want to look alive. <laughs> yes. so do, you, do you do any, um, airbrushing? Yes. Okay. Is that a big thing? That was a big thing when I was getting married. So I don't know, is that still a big thing or. Okay. I think, I think so. I primarily do airbrush. Um, and I think a lot of people are still scared of it because they, 
they either had a bad experience with it or they're not really sure how it's going to turn out. Mm. Um, but to me, I, I love it one, cause it stays, it'll definitely yeah. stay perspiration pictures, environment. Uh, but it looks the most natural mm-hmm. in my opinion, when it's, you know, done with the correct consistency. Okay. That's what I had. Um, I had airbrush for mine and I, I loved it. I mean, I, don't do my own, like, I, I do my own makeup. I was like, I don't do my own makeup. I do my own makeup. I'm not that bougie, but like, I don't do my makeup. You know what I mean? Like I yeah. throw on like tinted moisturizer and some mascara and call it a day. So like for someone to put on any kind of foundation on me, I feel like it's like a special occasion, but when you pull out like an airbrush machine, I'm like, okay, like this is a special occasion. <laughs> this is bougie. That's um, a lot I, of people's reactions too. They're like, what is that? <laughs> like, oh, airbrush. Cool. And then like, I, and then, so tell me about like, cause you have to, you know, have people's foundation skin tone. So like, what's the process like about as far as like mixing for foundation and like making sure you have the right, you know, you're not too orange or too white or, you know, the right skin tone or complexion. Like, what is that like to have to mix that foundation? My, for me now, easy, Mm -hmm. but my recommendation is know your brand, know how the colors wear and how they look on the skin. That way you can mix if you need to, or you know exactly what colors you actually need in your kit to create all the shades that you're gonna need. Um, and then you can buy, they have like um, like specific mixing colors that are like primary colors, plus like black and white mm-hmm. to adjust tone. Okay. Like add more yellow, add a little bit of red, add blue, depending okay. on like, this shade is so close, but not quite their skin tone. If it was just a little more, uh, a little lighter or a little more yellow, then it would work. You can have those adjusters and it really helps to pare down your kit. So um, what does your kit look like when you go for these bridal like appointments and these, like these morning bridal things, like if you have to take off, dig, well, do you mix on site? Like, do you mix for the, the yeah. bridesmaids and stuff on site and stuff? So, okay. So answer that, go for that. I I have a big Zuka backpack with half my kit. And then I have another carry on like clear bag, like a set bag with all like my airbrush and additional tools. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I've got some luggage when I come, but I'm, I'm outfitted for like every type of, of skin type, tone, texture, shade, um, yeah, I've, I've got everything, but knowing your brand is really important because mm-hmm. then you can, it's, you know, how to manipulate it, you know, how to manipulate, it. you know, what it's going to mix down to, and it helps build your kit. So do you bring a assistant with you? Is it just you? Does it depend on how many bridesmaids? Like, what is it? What is, who comes with you? If anyone, um, it's, it's just me, unless it's a very short time frame, like, well, we only have the bridal suite from like 10 to to 12 and we have eight girls. Like, okay, mm-hmm. well, then we might need like two extra girls or one extra girl to make this happen in two hours. Mm-hmm. Um, but for the most part, if I can, if they have a flexible time frame, I'm good to do the entire party. Okay. Um, 
what's like a big, I, I kind of interrupted you back when you're talking about the trends, we got to like the foundation part. That's kind of where I went off the rails, but what about like, what's going on with like the, like eyes and like eyebrows, like what's the big trends with, with that in the, in the bridal? Is there anything different with that? Um, I think just like trends in general now with the brows have been like a fluffy, mm-hmm. like really full brow, but also like brow lamination has been really popular. Okay. Is what is that? Essentially, <laughs> <laughs> essentially perming your brows in like perming them straight. Okay. So they can, have you ever seen the brows that like just feather up? Yes. And they're super straight and really thick. Yes. That's how they sometimes achieve that look. If you have like a, you know, just need them straighter. <laughs> so, it's late. <laughs> you think I'm straighter? <laughs> I'm just trying to say something profound. Just, it's, you're perming your it brows. Is. You're going to be straight and fluffy. Yeah. Okay. You can achieve it though with makeup products. So what I'm saying, oh. that look is very popular, but like you can do it with like a brow gel and oh. like down. Like I think the full brow is really big, but also just like the no makeup makeup look for the eyes. Something okay. soft, beachy, glowy almost like you're creating shapes on the eyes without actually painting the eyes, if that makes sense. 100%. What you're saying is that if a man were to look at it, they'd say that she looked, she wasn't wearing makeup. Yes. They'd okay. be fooled. They'd be fooled. Okay. I see what you're, I get what you're saying. They would look at it and be like, that's a natural, she's not wearing any makeup, but then us women are like, no, we're wearing a ton of makeup. Okay. Gotcha. So to, I have, okay. So my next question is for someone who is very basic with makeup, who may or may not have started all of their makeup with a Rite Aid container with, (laughs) you know, a finger or with their eyebrows. I mean, their eyelids, where does one start? Like how would one build their bag or their kit? What would you, what would you, what would be your Oh my God. It's so late. What would be your, um, advice? I always just tell people to go to the drugstore side of Alta because the drugstore brands have had to up their game in the past, like five to eight years to even try to compete with prestige brands. Um, so you can start with like a basic brand. So you're like, well, I'm not spending a ton of money just to try and learn how to do makeup when I might, you know, get bored with this entire kit a month later. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, Color pops a great start. Um, I always do like a basic, like foundation, tinted moisturizer, whichever you prefer lashes, blush or bronzer or both, um, a lip brow. Okay. That's my kind of like where I like to start, but I'll hone in if the person's like, well, I'm super basic. I'm just looking for tinted moisturizer, bronzer and mascara. That's it. I get my like eyebrows tinted or whatever. So you don't have to worry about that. I don't even touch my eyebrows. 
So it's kind of gearing it towards the woman, what they're looking for okay. or man, whatever anybody's looking for, for makeup. It's just trying to figure out the person and then you go from there. But I always send them to the drugstore side because it's a great place to start. Okay. Okay. I didn't even know there was a drugstore side in Ulta. So you can just stop the podcast now. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so, um, okay. So basics in a makeup bag. We just talked about that. No, I didn't No, basics in a makeup bag. So what would be like some, you, you said like where to start, but like, what would be like, maybe those are the basics in a makeup bag. Like, is that kind of like what you would think for like, that's what I different. Yeah. That's what I do. Like my personal makeup bag is very basic. Mm -hmm. I'm not a huge, unless I'm going for a very specific look or I have an event. Mm -hmm. I'm my everyday. I don't even really necessarily do eyeshadow all the time. Mm. Um, if I do, it's very minimal. I don't really like liner on my top lash line. Um, I'm big on lashes, brows, and a lip and everything else is super basic. Okay. So you have, I've been to your house and you have like an arsenal of makeup where it's overwhelming for someone like me. So it's like, it's like a big case that like folds out like an accordion, like it just like boom, 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 boom. So what do you, that doesn't fit in your purse. So like, what do you carry in your purse? Like, what is your, what are your makeup? what, What does your makeup bag look like in real life? So actually, if, if I carry anything in my purse, it's a lip. Okay. I at least I pick things that I know will last throughout my day. Mm-hmm. If I need to throw something in my purse, I'll throw a powder, but it's really just, you can see it here. This is what, okay. Is my, like basic everyday makeup bag. It's nothing huge, but a lot of times I'll just take this with me. Like yeah, it looks like a lunchbox. Coat. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. okay. My makeup lunchbox. Okay. Um, so there's another huge, so we, we, I want to talk about obviously the makeup cause makeup is a large part of, of who you are, but also you've recently ventured into the world of lash, lash extensions. And I've been fortunate enough to be a model, not once, but twice, um, <laughs> for your lash extensions. And so talk to me about them. Cause that's like a new thing. That's really coming. Like it's up and coming. And I was really surprised about how you work at a place that is designated, designated just for lash extensions. Well, I know they they do other services, but like, that's their like main bread and butter. So that's talk to me about that. Like, how did you get involved in that? Where did your interest for that come from? All of the above. I just, uh, I slowly started seeing it popping up on my feed and I knew it had been a service for a while, but it's gotten like the products for it have gotten better. And there's tons of really great brands popping up for it. So I think that was like the catalyst to make it like huge. Cause now you have such great products to choose from. And, uh, there's so many training courses out there with such great, great people. Mm -hmm. Um, so I started seeing it pop up more and I was like, Oh, I, I could do that. I would love to do that. Like, it's just another form of art. You're essentially creating like a, a map and a style to fit the person's eye shape, face shape. Um, so it was right in my wheelhouse and I just, uh, didn't think too much about it. And I just took the course Mm. and, um, I didn't even necessarily know at the time that there were specific 
salons in my area that were just doing lash extensions. Um, at the time I was working at another salon and I was like, oh, well, this would be an opportunity to, you know, build a book mm -hmm. in something different. Um, and then I found Hudson Lash Studio and that was, and now I'm a lash girl. <laughs> That's pretty much, I'm doing that more than I'm doing makeup, honestly. So talk to me about um, the process. Well, first, where did you do the training? What was your training like? I went to a training. Um, it was in, I think it was in Bethesda. Oh gosh. I should have pulled up. Was it in person? Girl. I guess I'm assuming it was in person. It wasn't like you watched like a video and then like did your own models or like, what was, what was the format of it? No, it was in person. Okay. Um, I, I found this woman on a specific branding website. So she was, um, I'm technically Bella Lash certified, which the only difference is the brand okay. and it's a specific way in which they teach how to do lashes. So I went on the website cause it was the brand that my salon was offering at the time. Um, and she was, you know, our Bella certified instructors and she was in my area. I think it was a uh, Rockville, actually. I said Bethesda, but I think it was Rockville. It was at a Sola salons and, um, her name was Carla and she was fantastic. She was a great teacher. We did a two day session. So the first day you learn all of the, like, um, you're learning about like the growth cycle of lashes, lash health, um, a little bit of like eye anatomy and like, um, like things you should look out for in the eye. Mm -hmm. if, if somebody has like a medical condition in the eye, you're, um, kind of going over all of that. And then you learn you're mapping on like a, like a rubber head. <laughs> so you're like pretending to lash on like a fake head with like strip lashes. And then your second day I brought in my model, my mom, uh -huh. and I got to lash on somebody with the instructor there. And, uh, yeah. And ever since I've just been, you know, learning more and more and upping the game and I'm coming up on two years lashing, uh, in the fall. Will be oh, wow. I didn't realize it was that long. So talk to me about the, the different sets. Like there's like a classic set, there's a hybrid, there's like, what are, what are the different sets? So at, um, then there's even more than that. I'm fine. It's like oh. a whole world of like, you can get really, really stylized sets of lashes, but the basics to where you start are the classics, which are individual lashes, false lashes that you're getting glued onto your each individual natural lash. Um, and then a step up from that, like a step up in fullness would be hybrids where you're attaching the classic lashes as well as fans. So they add more volume because it's at least three or more um, lashes kind of clustered together that you're gluing onto one individual lash. Okay. You kind of style it to make it this kind of like natural, but like volumized set. Uh -huh. And then you have volumes and mega volumes. Uh, our salon doesn't really necessarily offer mega volumes. We do volume. Okay. Um, which they're all fans. There's no individuals in there. You're just getting a nice, really full volume set. And how long does like a, a classic take a classic and then like a hybrid, like what's the time difference for each of those? I'm pretty much every classic, like two hours and 15 minutes on the dot. Oh, wow. 
depending. It, it really too depends on the client because some clients come in and they don't really have a ton of lashes to begin with. Mm. Um, so they don't always necessarily take up that entire time, okay. but hybrids take longer. Anytime you're upping it with like volume fans, your session's going to take longer because you need to let the glue dry for longer. So essentially when you're, when you are lashing, you're isolating one singular natural lash on the client while you're bringing over the false lash. So once you've glued that lash on, you hold that isolation. So the other lashes don't stick and you don't get any, you know, clumps with the volume lashes. You need to hold that isolation a little bit longer just to make sure you don't get any, any stickage. That sounds very tedious. Like, is it like, like to me, I am not one who can sit there and do a task like that for a very long time. So like, I applaud you for having that kind of patience to do that because that is a long time to do a very, I say small as in scale, like a small scale task. I'm not going to say small as in like, cause it's not, but small as in small scale. Um, so what do you think is like, um, I don't want to say like, a um, I wasn't saying misconception, but that's not what I'm trying to say. But like, what do you think is like people like, like overlook lashes, like, or like, be like, this is bougie mm-hmm. or like roll their eyes about it. Like, like, what do you, what's your say on that? Uh, the biggest one I hear is that won't eyelash extensions make your lashes fall out. Mm. That's like the biggest one. And, and if you get them done by somebody who's not properly certified or trained, absolutely. Mm. If you get a really botched set, that's not done, um, well, and you're, you're getting a lot of stickage. Yeah, for sure. You can compromise the health of your actual lashes. But if you're getting them done by somebody who's certified, um, your lashes, first of all, naturally will shed. You lose about three to five lashes a day. So lash extensions will basically just hop onto that natural lash and it'll shed naturally with your natural lash shedding cycle. So people see those lashes falling out and they're like, oh my gosh, my lashes, that's mm-hmm. They're going to, that's going to happen with or without the lash extensions. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, it it won't affect the health. So what's basic care for lash extensions? Like basic 101, how do I keep my lashes from, keep my money on my face, basically? Like (laughs) I'm not trying to like go home and like lose my money as as soon as I take a shower. Like what's, what's your, what are the 101 care tips? Um, Every time I finish with a client for their first time, I go over don't get them wet or introduce them to steam in the first 24 hours because that glue is still trying to cure. So that's the big one for me. Um, Just kind of leave it. I always recommend that they shower like right before they get their lashes done so they can maybe go a day and let that glue just sit. Mm -hmm. Um, Another big one is washing your lashes daily. After you hit that 24 hour mark, you want to wash them every single day. I always recommend night unless you're really oily, especially on the lids. I always say morning and then night. And then you want to brush them with like a, like a mascara wand, a clean one. I usually give everyone spoolies Mm -hmm. um, at the end of the session, just keeping them brushed, washed 
not only for your eye health, but for, you know, the, the lash extensions themselves, they'll, they'll stay much longer if you, you keep them clean. Yeah. Those are the, those are the big ones. Two big ones. So as we kind of like wrap up here, like what is, what is the thing that makes you get up and go and excited to that? This is your job. Like what, what makes you excited that doing lash extensions and being a lash girl, like that's, that makes you excited to go to work. I just, I just love doing it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love my clients. I've, I've been at Hudson, um, going on a full year now at Hudson and I've, you know, built up a clientele and it's like, I've always looked forward to seeing my girls when they come in for their fills. And, um, there is also like a sense of of freedom. Like I get to kind of make my own schedule for the most part. It is, I, it's set now, but you know, if I, if I need to switch things up, I have a team of girls who, who can help or, you know, it's, it's just, it's, it's nice. I feel like I have a little bit more control than other jobs in the past. Mm -hmm. Like Um, more autonomy. Like you can make your own schedule. You can make your own, do what you need to do for yourself but then also do what you have to do for the job. And I'm still being creative. Yeah. So is there, is there an area like what got you kind of interested in elastic lash extensions was that you could see that this was like a new thing that was up and coming um, that you kind of wanted to jump on and learn a new skill. Is there something that's like new that's up and coming that you're, you've been maybe like eyeing a little bit or or something that might be maybe even not new, but just something that you want to dabble in and get used to or get new into something. I so badly. And I think I want to do it in the next couple of months, but we'll see. Um, I want to start becoming a, a permanent makeup artist, which is tattooing, um, cosmetics. So I would start with microblading for the brows. Um, and then I would do like lip blushing. I would want to do like the concealer, Mm -hmm. um, you know, body concealing for like scars or stretch marks, or if you have a an incredibly like just naturally dark under eye, you can kind of brighten it up with that. And uh, I would just, yeah, the world of tattooing is very exciting to me. Now, does any of that ever fade or is it like a real tattoo? Like it really does stay permanent. You will have to get touch-ups, but I think it's like, so you do your first session and then in six months, I think you get a touch-up. Okay. I'm, I haven't taken the course. Don't yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't <laughs> You'll get it like your first touch up and then it'll be good for like a couple of years. Okay. But every couple of years, I think you, you can go get, you can a get it touched up and stuff like that. So it's not like if I were to go and I wanted like, like, I, cause I, I think about trends and stuff. Like if I wanted to get my eyebrows done and like do like the microblading and stuff, but then like, what if like 2001 comes back or not even 2001, 2000 and 11 comes back and like, you want that like pinstripe again, you know, like, you know, Girl, like I've heard that thin brows are coming back. No, I've heard it through the grapevine. Well, that it, grapevine can go and, you know, go somewhere else. Cause that's not happening. Like, <laughs> I can't, I can't, I don't want to, like, I just, I just started to have my brows grow back from like it's been, yeah. it's been 10 years and they're just starting to like now be full again. So I'm not taking them away. These girls have gone too long. Like I've, I've tried so long. I'm, they're not, no, it's not happening. <laughs> um, but I, I think about that, like, 
yeah trends come and go so it's like if right now you want to you know tattoo your eyebrows or put you know the permanent makeup on what if you know the trend is different but it sounds like it does it it's not it's permanent but it's not permanent like it yeah it can fade over time for sure but what i will say for the at least the microblading techniques now or like the permanent makeup techniques that i've been seeing they're very natural mm, okay. so it's like they're creating these like individual hair strokes where i remember seeing like 15 years ago people who had gotten like liner tattooed or tattooed their brows they were very stark yes very and dark like, yeah yes. just one shade and that was it no detailing no nothing and that definitely just didn't stand the test of time but i think this is, has a little bit more traction because they make it look like hair okay or at least like just a supernatural and like soft addition to your face okay okay um work. yeah that, that's just something i was i was thinking about um but so i th- those were that's everything that i wanted to to kind of ask and and learn about is there um, is there anything that I didn't touch on or anything that you wanted to kind of talk about or mention in the makeup industry in any of the realms of fashion week, bridal, special effects, slash extensions, new makeup, any of that kind of stuff? I mean, not, not necessarily. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like, honestly, if you're looking for trends and you want to know what the hottest styles are, social media is where it, truly where you're going to find it. I mean, TikTok, uh, Instagram is huge. It, you'll, you'll see it immediately. You'll, you'll figure it out. But if anyone ever has any questions and wants to ask me personally, yeah, always happy to oblige. <laughs> <laughs> so that's it. So tell people where they can find you. So that way they can reach out to you, um, either on your personal page or work stuff, like give everyone your, your info where they, where can they find you? You can always find me at uh, on Instagram at Jordy Lash underscore Hudson, um, just like Hudson Valley. Um, I'm at Hudson Lash Studio. So if you ever are curious about lashes, I also do lash lifts and tints, which are basically like a lash perm. You perm oh. them into a curl and then you darken them. Um, so you can wear mascara. You can treat them like your normal lashes. Um, Interesting. I'm, I'm pretty much there. And I'm going to put all of that in the show notes page. That way people can also find you that way. Um, if they, if they want to do that also, thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. I definitely learned something and, um, thanks for coming on again. Thank you again for listening to this episode of teach me something with Jordan. Um, if again, if you would like to watch part two of this, where we go through our makeup bags and do our makeup. You can watch it on my new YouTube channel. Teach me something podcast. Again, you can follow Jordan at Jordy lash underscore Hudson, and you can follow me at teach me something dot podcast. Both of those are on Instagram. Again, thank you so much for tuning in and listening. Your support means a lot and we will be back next week with a new guest. See you then. Thanks. Bye.